Alex is kind of funny too because not only did I clean his apartment, but I also cooked for him. And uh, the deal was he would buy all the ingredients and then I would cook. So he got me on that. Um, we have known each other for a really long time. I like to give Alex credit because he was in Bible classes learning how to become a pastor. And he'd come home to his apartment that I would just happen to be at. And he would teach me everything that he just learned as a way of learning himself. And uh, so I got free Bible classes and that's how I kind of take that. Um, we've been talking about miracles. I'm so excited to be here. Um, my name's Galvad as he introduced me. A little bit quick um, story about me. I grew up in a Christian home. I kind of have always been around it. But once I turned about 16, it wasn't clicking. I didn't get it. I didn't understand Jesus. I didn't really care for Jesus. Um, God always made sense in my head as to have somebody that we could talk to or that we could have somebody to uh, blame when they didn't go my way. Um, but it wasn't until later. I was 20 years old, and I actually had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And that changed everything because it went from being about me and only me to realizing that there was a vast world that I had never even explored. I never knew about. Um, and it was an adventure. It was fun. And there are so many aspects and avenues that are unexplainable. And this book is filled with ways to see them now. And so when Alex invited me up here, he said, you're going to be talking on the Gospel of John. Well, that just happens to be my favorite gospel. It's the one I've spent the most time in, and it's the one that I am just absolutely enjoyed to be able to go through it at any moment with anybody. He said, we're talking about miracles. And then I got really excited, and I had to pretty much immediately say yes. There was no if, ands, or buts, because the thing is, is I have grown since knowing Alex, we both kind of separated in 2012 where he went and did his uh, stuff and I started experiencing life outside of work as well, um, outside of school. And currently I am back in school um, to follow another dream, which I'm super excited about. But when he offered a chance to speak about miracles, I was like, oh man, there are so many, there are innumerable ones that I've experienced in my life. So I'm going to share a few about them. Alex started us off with uh, the first miracle in John, the wedding of Cana, uh, where Jesus turned water into wine. It's one of our favorite, my, one of my favorites, because let's face it, if Jesus makes wine, it's probably the best wine that anybody can ever have in their life. So one day, I can't wait when I'm up there, I'm going to enjoy some of that wine. Um, but I get the second miracle that John put in here. And it's kind of weird because it doesn't necessarily fit the narrative of John. But the way that John, who was a disciple of Jesus, wrote this book was to help people understand who Jesus was at the core. So if you'll turn with me on your phones or in your Bibles to John chapter 4, we have the verses up here you can read along. And John chapter 4, four verse 46 says, So he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water and wine. At Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea, to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. 
The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went on his way. And as he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better, and they said, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. And the father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he himself believed in all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the opportunity just to talk about how amazing uh, you are and, and what you're doing in our time now. It's easy to read a book or it's easy to have conversations about what we believe or what we think you've done in the past. But when we experience them now, it's irrefutable evidence of how good you are and how great you are and how loving you are and how exciting of an adventure your call to follow Jesus is today, not in the past, but today. So Lord, I just pray over this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we kind of come to this odd point where Jesus had left Cana and now he's back. And where he's in uh, Cana is, is a very interesting place. Capernaum is actually about 20 miles from Cana. So this official had heard that Jesus was 20 miles away. And he said, I'm just going to travel over there. I'll take an Uber. So it won't take but, you know, an hour. They didn't have that. They might have had Uber donkeys, which would have been pretty awesome. Um, somebody carrying them on a, on a bike thing like in uh, China, but they didn't have that either. Um, they didn't have a chariot. Most likely this guy walked 20 miles, which is a decent ways. It takes about a day to travel 20 miles. So this is a day's journey, which is why later on it says on his way back, he asked what time, and they said yesterday. So this man heard that Jesus was somewhere, and that's one of the first things that I want to talk to you about is how in the world do we see where Jesus is? I think a lot of us, we all want to know miracles happen, and we all want to believe that miracles can happen in our lives. We want to experience that miracles happen in our lives, but we're not necessarily looking for them where we are. I think we all look for them in the big things, and we miss them in the small things. So we have a picture of something that it's, it's a vision test that a lot of people will laugh at. But on this picture, what do you see? Anybody? All right. So we've got a rabbit and a duck. First a duck and then a rabbit. So it's actually both. You turn it one way and you get a duck. You turn it another way and you get a rabbit. It's interesting because your mind will train you to attune to one first, based on what your mind is thinking. Now, vision tests happen a lot. They, they, they do them for eye tests to figure out how your vision is, how well you can see. It's the same with spiritual. Your spirituality and your spiritual life and where your miracles are happening, it's all based on your vision. Some of us need corrective lenses. I need corrective lenses. I need to be able to know that something may be blurry in my life, and this scripture actually clarifies it so that I can see where I'm looking and what I'm looking at and how amazing this miracle is. So if you look at it and you see a duck, you're right. If you look at it and you see a rabbit, you're also right. Problem is, is if you need a duck and you can't see the duck and all you see is the rabbit, then you're going to assume that the duck isn't there. 
which a lot of times I believe that God takes miracles and puts them in our lives and we're constantly wanting a rabbit when he's given us a duck. So let's look at this miracle because it says in verse 47, when this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son for he was at the point of death. This next verse, verse 48, is very interesting because Jesus uses a plural word here. It's not written necessarily in the text, but in the Greek it says, so Jesus said to him, and it's actually a plural. He says, unless you all, it could be put in there, you all see signs instead of you. This conversation might have happened in passing, which is why John might have added this as the second miracle. Because Jesus was talking to a group of people already, and this guy travels in with the urgency knowing that Jesus can heal his son. And it could have been something as simple as everybody's yelling out, give me a million dollars. I need a new chariot. I need a different horse. I don't know. But everybody's barking this out, and this guy comes running up, and he says, heal my son. And he says, oh, if it, turns to the crowd. He says, if you all, you all have to see signs to believe. And he says, the official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. And what I read in that verse is genuine belief. Genuine understanding where his vision was clear and saying, Jesus, only you can do this. And I believe it. Now, this is an interesting thing, too, though, because Jesus precurses this and he shows it beforehand. He says to the crowd, unless you see signs, you won't believe. So he basically tells them their plan, because I don't know about you. I, seeing helps me believe things. So, so it's kind of hard to be like, you know, the earth is flat, but then I see that it's round. For all the flat earth society people, I just made a complete argument out of that one. But seeing is believing, and he tells them. This is how you, if, if that's what you need, I'm going to show you. So he tells him this is what's going to take place. And then Jesus said to him, this is to the man, go, your son will live. That's five words. Five words change this man's entire future, considering a son is more than just a son. In that day and age, it's your lifeline. It's your legacy. It's everything that you're holding dear and he says, the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went on his way. So I think the reason John put this in here was because there are moments in our lives that we need to understand that Jesus is not asking us to wait and see. He's telling us to go and see. Because times, like the crowd, it does not say afterwards that the crowd went with this man to see if Jesus healed the son. So they missed the miracle. They didn't know. They just wanted to be around Jesus. Most likely they wanted him to create wine again. I'm guilty of that. There are times when God says, go, I've done this. But I don't leave. And I say, I want to be near you, Jesus. I want to experience what you have for me. Because you're all about love. And he's like, okay, yeah, but I'm also about action. And you need to go and see this miracle. Because it's going to not just change you, but it's going to change your community. It's going to change the people around you. It's going to encourage you to do amazing more things because everything that you see, you train yourself to see more of. If you need to see a duck, I guarantee the next duck you see, you're going to think about this. It's, the, it's like buying a new car. 
you think it's the coolest car in town because it's a special color. And then all of a sudden, every car you drive by is that car and that color, and you think, wow, did I get gypped? <laughs> but it's our vision. It's because once you're attuned to it, you start seeing more of it. That's what Jesus does with miracles, too. And this is interesting, too, because <laughs> I find that throughout my life, I've had moments where I've seen miracles that have devastated me. Miracles in everybody else's life. You ever felt like that? Like somebody else is like, oh my gosh, like God just totally did this in my life and this in my life and this in my life. And you're kind of over there like, oh, yeah. I got gas today. Three cents off. I was excited. That's my miracle I'm holding on to. But I think it's because we look at other people and we look at their small miracles or we look at their big miracles. And I think we either get jealous or in my case, I will compare. Where are my miracles comparatively to their miracles? Because I'm experiencing nothing like that. I mean, my roommate just moved in about a week ago and came up from Florida, hours away. I live in Lynchburg, Virginia. And he comes in, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna find a job. You know, no rush. God's gonna take care of it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I believe it. Um, less than a week goes by. He's like, I got this job. And we make really good money. And I start tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, praise God. And in the back of my head, I'm like, I came up here two years ago and spent six months looking for something, anything. I was on the brink of just calling up McDonald's and nothing. Yet this guy shows up in five days and I compare it. But there's an interesting thing that he brought up. He said, God, it's so cool. You know, I've only been here like a week. But I can just tell that, you know, you're someone who a lot of people know. He goes, his first day he came home, he goes, hey, I, I met somebody who knows you. He told me it was somebody who I'd had a conversation with. And he said, you know, that's something that I really like about you, and I'm going to learn. And I realized that there are small miracles in my life going on, and although I may not have a big miracle where all of a sudden I have a job, but those small miracles are compounding. And each of those small miracles that I see are helping me see more miracles. And the more and more miracles that I see, the bigger the miracles get. And it's really, really exciting when you start realizing, I don't need one big miracle. I don't need to, you know, have, because we know, you know, if Jesus showed up and turned water into wine right here, it'd be pretty incomprehensible. And I think a lot of us would challenge it. I think a lot of us would say, but was it really there? And then I read. And this guy is just like me. It doesn't, it doesn't change how he is <laughs> because it says, so he's on his way back and his servants told him, your son is recovering. So he asked him, what time? Wait, 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 time out. What time did he start recovering? Because it's almost like Jesus said, you're good. I got you. Your miracles happen for you. And he's like, I have the faith. I'm going to go. And then he's kind of on the way, and he gets in his head a little bit, just like I do, and he thinks, man, 
I believe, and I'm still walking, but in my head, am I wishing I'd stayed to get a confirmation? But he just keeps walking. And so the servants come up and they say, when? And they say, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. And the father knew that was the hour that Jesus said to him, your son will live. What areas in your lives are you looking for a miracle? And you've asked for a miracle. You've prayed for a miracle. And Jesus has said, go and see. Go. I've done it. And you're still standing around waiting for him to do something that he said is there. You just have to go. Last week, Alex talked about where are you being obedient. As we look at miracles, the whole series of miracles, it's how do we position ourselves to see them, to experience them, to know that they're real. I think it starts with obedience and it continues with vision. And we have to train our eyes to see the small things because the small things are just big things. They just haven't been fully grown yet. And when they grow and they compound, the next thing you know, they're the foundation that you can stand and say, no, Lord, I'm going to ask for a big thing and I'm going to go because I know you're going to do it. Because I've seen you with every single one of these small things. And I know that if you're capable of doing it with the small things, you can do it with the big things. But we need that courage. We need that ability. So I'm going to ask you, what miracles are you waiting for? What miracles are you praying for? What miracles do you want to experience in not just your lifetime, this week, this, this month, this year? Where are areas of your life that you need proof, where seeing is believing? And then ask God, where do I go to see this? And go. Maybe it's at your job. Maybe it's at your home. Maybe it's, you know, at school. Maybe it's just around the neighborhood or, or around your community where it's just not okay and you want to see a miracle. You're there because you're somebody's miracle and that's what God's put you there for. And I think that through Jesus, they give you that opportunity. The other thing that I wanted to ask you is what miracle has Jesus already done in your life? In order to understand that Jesus can do miracles, start with something small and basis. My miracle today that I recognized right off the bat when I woke up was that I woke up. Our bodies are that insane where people don't wake up every day. People are passing away all the time. I have friends who have passed away in their sleep at 24, 25, 26. People do crazy things. People have crazy lives. And that was my first recognition of a miracle this morning was that I woke up. But not only that, I got in my car that drives. How many of you guys get in a car? This guy had walked 20 miles to see a miracle there and back. I get in a car and I have a hard time driving 20 seconds to a gas station or a store. It's one of those things where when you start seeing the small things, the big things don't look so blurry. 
And when the big things don't look blurry, there's not a lot to be afraid of. And I think that when you look at miracles and how we can position ourselves to experience them, you have to take yourself to a place where you honestly trust. Like what Darby was saying. Do you trust? Do you believe the words that you say? Because here's the deal. If this book is not real, then none of this matters. And we're wasting our time. But I've met Jesus. I have witnessed miracles. I've been a part of miracles. <laughs> Knowing Alex, we have lived through miracles. <laughs> and time and time again, I can't help but say, my life is to be able to experience those miracles so that I can genuinely display how good God is. And maybe you guys don't know Jesus. Maybe you've had instances where you've met people who claim they know Jesus, but they look nothing like Jesus. Maybe you have had people who have told you one thing about Jesus, and other people have told you a completely different thing about Jesus, and so you're split. Who is Jesus? I can't fix all the arguments that there are out there. But I can tell you, I've genuinely met him. He genuinely loves you. And he genuinely wants to show how good he is. Start with the small. And you're going to be able to see bigger and bigger miracles.